Let's get our Bibles now this morning, and please turn with me in the Word of God to John chapter 21. And this morning, we're going to preach on the subject of Jesus uh, going before us, holding us up. So you can say that Jesus held me up. Jesus held me up. Now, let's go to John chapter 21, and I want to show you something so spectacular in the Bible. You and I, if we read too fast, we'll miss it. Now, let's pray. Hold our, our place in John 21. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love to us. Thank you for holding us up. And we pray, Lord, that you will uh, help us to be aware of the, all the work that you do in our lives that's behind the scenes that nobody sees. And we pray that you'll help us to appreciate it, be sensitive of it, and understand it, and be aware of it. Lord, we pray that you'll be, be ever so close to us today and help us to see the Bible the way you want us to look at it and see the things that are hidden to most people when they read. So we pray that you would give us a depth of understanding that would encourage us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, in John 21, uh, if you'll just wait right there, we're going to start with verse 1 in just a minute. But I just want you to know, this is right after Jesus was resurrected. He was dead, and he was resurrected, and he was seen of men uh, above 500 brethren at one time. He walked with people, talked with people, ate with people. He was touched by people. I mean, we're talking about real time, a real person, just like if you were to, uh, if you were to watch David and I walk up to each other and shake hands, that you would know that that is absolutely real time, actually happened. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. And in this particular story, you're going to see that he did some things to encourage the disciples because he was going to leave and go back up into heaven. But in order for them to stay encouraged, they needed to see something spectacular. So they needed to touch him. They needed to talk with him. They needed to see him and fellowship with him and eat with him. He even said, "Don't uh, a spirit doesn't have flesh and, and, and bones like you see me have. And then he ate dinner with them. And uh, they touched him. They, they felt him. They, they saw him. So we're not talking about some kind of a spooky uh, aberration or some kind of floating ghostly thing. I mean, Jesus was a real, live human being. And he raised from the dead and he walked with people. This is this kind of Savior that you and I have. Now, we need to be encouraged this morning. I don't know if you get discouraged, but sometimes I do. But I just don't show it. I don't like to go around looking like I'm discouraged. You don't need to see your pastor discouraged, right? So don't follow me around too. No, no. No, you, you, don't, you don't need to see... Uh, you, and you don't need to show people that you're discouraged all the time either. It's okay. You know, you're not being phony or fake. But these disciples, they needed to be encouraged. And what Jesus did for them actually strengthened them in such a way they gave their lives to him. Now, 
Let's go to verse number one. <clears throat> After these things, <clears throat> Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. So we've got quite a crowd here of disciples together. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship, and immediately, uh, and that night they caught nothing. Now, there's been some preaching down through the years. They, uh, some have said that Peter kind of got backslidden or whatever. It, it's, it, there's a case for that. He, uh, for some reason, he took his clothes off, and uh, I don't understand why he would have done that, but he was out fishing, and he had disciples with him. But that's, that's what he was. He was a fisherman. Peter and James and John, they were all fishermen. Now, that's a rough kind of crowd. But now, I want you to see what happened here, and this will be fantastic. Verse 4 says, But when the morning was now come, so they were fishing at night all night. And when the morning was come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. They didn't know who he was. Well, obviously, it was a little dark. The sun was coming up. After the morning was come, they, they saw a man on the seashore of Tiberias. Then, verse 5, Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Uh, it must have been pretty big, I don't know. The Bible says it was 153 fish. Now, I want you to see something. This is tremendously important for you and I to, to catch now this morning. It says, therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, we believe that's John, saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. Boy, there's a story right there. You think maybe he wanted to walk on the water again? I don't know. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes, 153 fish dragging it they got excited they saw the lord it energized them it excited them to the point they got encouraged you and i need that sometimes you need to know god's picking you up he's carrying you watch this verse 9 as soon as they were come to land they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread jesus saith unto them Bring the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. Uh, and for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. 
And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. We'll stop right there. I have noticed a few things in this uh, particular uh, story. First of all, they were fishing on the left side of the ship, and that's not very far from the right side of the ship. Do you see what, what happened here? A miracle took place. They fished all night long. It doesn't matter what side of the ship they were on, but at the particular time their net was on the left side of the ship. And Jesus said, cast your net on the right side of the ship and you will find fish. Now, obviously, obviously, they, 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 they knew something was going to happen. Why would Jesus say that? You know, it just takes simple faith to do what God said. And then you're going to see a miracle. It just takes simple faith. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to believe it much at all. Just obey and let God have your life. You don't, you don't really have the capacity or the comprehensive uh, understanding to understand all that God's doing. His ways are not our ways. Aren't you glad they just did what he said? Yes. It's almost blind obedience, isn't it? But yet, it's not truly blind obedience because they knew it was him. And he says, cast your net on the other side of the ship, the right side of the ship. Here's the miracle. We have to realize that God kept those fish from, from uh, being gathered in the net all night long. That's, that's, uh, that's very significant. Because God's the one that takes fish and puts them in the ocean or the sea. And God's the one that makes them swim. God does that. No fisherman really should ever be bragging. Right? I mean, until you have it in your hands, you really, you really didn't do much. You didn't, you didn't make the fish go up to your worm and grab the worm. God does that. You say, well, it's the way I tied it on the hook. No, it isn't. It's the bait. Oh, yeah, it's the spot. It's my fish finder. It's my sonar. No, it isn't. God owns those fish. You don't own those fish. You can't, you can't tell one single, what if the fish wasn't hungry, huh, huh, Smarty? What if he wasn't hungry? It's God that puts those fish in the net. We don't realize that. And God kept those fish from being in the net. They couldn't catch anything. These guys were seasoned fishermen. But God said no. Now, understand this. Right after that, they put the net on the right side of the ship, and the whole thing fills up. Now, who did that? Who did that? God did that. God made it not happen, and then God made it happen. And then those guys had so many fish that they had to drag it up on shore. And notice this. I love this, this, this statement. Uh, look in verse number 10. And here's the miracle that, I, that I, I, I dare say you might have missed it. Jesus saith unto them, bring of the fish which ye have now caught. They didn't catch those fish. I guess on the surface you could think, yeah, they caught them. They didn't catch them. 
They've been trying to catch all night. God did that. Do you see how God did that? And then he says, I want you to bring those fish that you caught. You know, every one of them said, I didn't do nothing. I just, I threw a net in and you made them come. Now, think about the, the wonderful thing that God's doing in your life. Have you ever given him credit for everything that's happening in your life? Whether it's no fish in the net or a full net. There's two sides to the story. Where are you today? Where, how are you doing? Are you thinking that it's your skill and your pizzazz and your personality? Are you thinking it's your money? Are you thinking that it's your world? Are you thinking that it's your body? Are you thinking that everything is just uh, your education and your, your, uh, your smarts and your physicality and, and the way you do? Are you really, really going to say today that things are not up to God in your life? I tell you, they are. They are. They're up to God. And whether your net is empty or whether it's full, it's God that does that. Do you believe then that God is the one that kept those fish from jumping in that net? I do. And do you believe then on the other side of the ship, maybe 15 feet away, the net fills up? Who did that? God did that. Who keeps, who keeps your running? Who keeps your car going? Who keeps your health? If you're healthy today, have you stopped to thank God for that? If, if you're not, have you, have you stopped to thank God in the middle of that trial? You know, Jesus controls all of our circumstances. He certainly does know how to control. And you say, well, why is he controlling my circumstances the way he is? Well, I think you are just echoing the way that the apostles felt. Well, how come you're not getting in the net, you know, and talking to the fish? I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they tried everything. You know, fishermen are pretty superstitious people. And it doesn't work. They can't, they can't, you can't make a net fill up with fish. Only God can do that. You know, I've been fishing before. I know how wonderful it is to catch a trout. I love catching trout. It's so, it's so much fun. But you say, you know, you got to be careful. It's not your skill. You know, it's not the way you tie the knot, put the worm on, and cast, and the direction, and all that. All that's just a bunch of fluff until God puts that trout on that hook. And then when God puts the the trout on the hook and you reel it in and you say look what I did you, yeah I guess you could say okay you caught a fish I know but you better start giving God the glory for it amen he's the one that made the thing and you can't see underneath you don't know where they are he's, I know a good fishing hole no you really don't you think you do I know a few <laughs> But I'm not telling you where the real ones are. But to go fishing, now there's a good chance that you'd catch. Aren't they, aren't they expecting to catch something if they fish all night long? Surely they were professionals. You see, God wanted to encourage them. He said, I got this under control. God does. So we have uh, uh, about seven apostles that needed encouragement. Would you go with me to Jude, the book of Jude, for just a minute, right, right before Revelation. Jude, let's look at something. Um, I want you to see a verse in the Bible. And whenever I need encouragement, I go to my Bible. Look at, look at the book of Jude, verse 24. 
It says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Say, you mean it's God that keeps us? Yep. And all you got to do is cast your net on the right side of the ship. That's all you got to do. Sure, there's lots of Christians that are in trouble. But what if you do what God told you to do? What if you, what if you do what God wants you to do? He can keep you from falling. How many are glad that God will keep you from falling if you just do some of the simple things that he wants you to do? It's a tragedy, tragic thing when people fall and uh, hurt themselves and ruin their lives and whatnot. Just because they just didn't take the net and put it on the right side of the boat. So God says it is, it is he, it is the Lord. He is able to keep you from falling and <clears throat> to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I got another question about this uh, little episode on the seashore here. <clears throat> Not only did God fill up the net for the apostles and then told them to bring the fish that they caught. That just amazes me. They didn't really catch them. They just pulled the net up. Do you notice that Jesus already had fish on the seashore? Where did he get those fish? He, did, he wasn't out on a boat. You know what he did, don't you? He just said, come right up here. <laughs> and the fish just slithered up, and he says, jump in that pan. And he, that fish said, you're sure. And started frying on the, on the skillet. Now, I ask you this. Where did he get the bread? He, 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 he's good at making bread. He's the bread of life. Uh, how'd you like to have the powers? All, okay, number 153. Okay, we'll cut it off right there. All of you that just heard your name, get in the net. That's how I think it, it's in there somewhere. He told the fish to get in that net. He ordered the fish to come up. He, he probably just grabbed the fish right out of the water. I don't know, but he was already eating. And he told them, come and dine. <laughs> and you can see that God's really in control of your life. You say, I don't know about that. Well, I do. That's why you're in church, for me to remind you that God's in control of your life. You can relax. He never made a mistake. How many have ever kind of wondered, what is God doing? Or how many, how many have said this, is God really listening to me? Uh, sure you have. How about this? Where is God? Sure, we've all, because we're human. And we're not built, we're not built with that, that, uh, that God-like quality. We, we have to work on that. We have to build our faith. We have to read the Bible. We have to see circumstances after circumstance after circumstance. I'm so glad that God put this in the Bible. You know, they fished all night and caught nothing. All of a sudden, they're dragging a net. Uh, I'd like to know how God made the fire, too. There were no butane lighters in those days. There was no matches. They had flint rock. I don't think that's necessary 
God's the God of fire. All of a sudden, there's a beautiful fire. Fish, up into the pan. And it got up in the pan. Bread, bread. Come and dine. Come and dine. You guys have any meat? No, we've fished all night, caught nothing. I'll cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find. And they did. You know, they just needed to see God's power. They've been through a lot. They had to watch him die. They had to have the last supper. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad Jesus raised from the dead, walked with people, talked with people. He did enough He did enough in those short days before he went to heaven again to encourage you and me. Think of how encouraged the apostles were when they got to see him. I'm, I'm telling you, I got enough right here to keep on going. Do you have enough to keep on going? Let me encourage you. There's enough right here to keep on going. There's enough right here to get rid of COVID. Get through it. Deal with it. And put it away. <laughs> There's enough here. You know, I, I was encouraged today. I got a little periodical newspaper from some of the churches and uh, I, I see that there's around the country, there's different churches that are doing real well and they're growing and, and they, they're not under the, uh, some of this horrible, dark, democratic cloud of oppression and dictatorialism and socialism and all that. It just, it's almost like there are places dotted around the country that are still like, this is wonderful, we're, we're free. And, uh, you know, we ought to pray for our country. We ought to pray freedom breaks out right here in Washington. Let's look at something. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter number one. You know, there's enough in the Bible to encourage us. And we ought to be encouraged. And uh, if you find yourself a little discouraged sometimes, realize God's, God's holding you up. He's carrying you, whether you know it or not. Let's look at Colossians 1, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, For by him, this is speaking of Christ Jesus, by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Realize this. We're in a situation in our nation right now, spiritually and uh, physically and uh, all, all, all that's going on. It is of the Lord. It is not accidental. God is allowing this to happen to our country. I've heard some of the most discouraging things lately. I mean, just absolutely insane, crazy lunacy that's going on in our nation. And you know why that's happening? God is allowing the net to be real empty. He's allowing the net to have nothing in it. One day, we're going to have a full net. We'll have that full net. You trust God. Children, have you any meat? No. We've been working all night, can't, can't catch a thing. Oh, it's coming though. And that's enough for me to know that God's in control. Did it not say all things were created by him and for him? You were created for him and by him and 
It is of, it is of the Lord and all of, of his mercies that we are not consumed. He hath not dealt with us according to our sins. And uh, he loves us and he's got something great planned for us. Jesus, I wonder how long he was there on the seashore waiting for the apostles to come by with their boat. I really believe this too. I really believe that God was in charge of the wind uh, or the oars or wherever they were floating on the Sea of Tiberias. I believe that you know they weren't on the other side of the, of, of the, of the lake. God had them come close enough to hear his voice. It, the whole thing is orchestrated by God. And then he says, bring, bring the fish that you caught. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they caught those fish. I think God caught them for them. We need to see Jesus' power. I know that at sometimes we must see his power. Uh, we don't get to have all that the apostles had. That's okay. I think I've, I've come to grips with that. I don't get to see all the miracles. Um, and I've come to grips with that too. I really have. I'm perfectly okay knowing that uh, we're, we're just not going to see the Red Sea anymore. And we're not going to see manna on the ground. And we're not going to see the ten plagues of Egypt. And we're just, there's a lot in the Bible that's already been done. But I'll tell you what we have that they didn't. What we have that they didn't. We have the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling us, with us all the time. We have the Word of God dwelling with us and living in us. This Bible is not just a storybook. It's something that we live with. It gives us life. It gives us encouragement. I'd say this, the more times I'm discouraged, probably I haven't been in the Bible much. Is that right? Probably. Probably. Probably haven't been in prayer as much as I should. Probably haven't been reading the scriptures as much. Probably haven't been uh, singing Christian songs as much as I should. Probably haven't had as much fellowship as I probably should have. And I think this, if I get discouraged, I probably my fault. Amen? How many are feeling discouraged now that I just said that? <laughs> if you're discouraged, it's your fault. <laughs> I don't like preaching that. But when God has the Bible and Christian music and fellowship and prayer, uh, it's, uh, it's not always him that uh, wants you to be discouraged. He, he will let you be discouraged, but that's only temporary. Amen? How many got kind of like an empty net right now? You might have an empty net. It's, uh, but it's morning. It's morning. It's coming. Look at... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. There's something wonderful about knowing that God is in control of my life. I, I don't understand it. I sure feel like he's carrying me sometimes though. And I hope you do too. I hope you notice that. You know, there's so much in this message that I can't preach right now because I don't have time, but do you realize that it is, it is God that gives you power to get wealth? Yes. Do you realize when, when, when you got that job, do you realize who gave that job to you? That's not, that's not because you combed your hair and wore a suit. That's not because you combed your hair and wore lipstick either. <laughs> Girls. Uh, it's, 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 because, it's because God gave that to you. God gave that job to you. 
God gave that car to you. God gave that wonderful experience to you. God did that. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? In other words, these fishermen found out that God put those fish in that net and they didn't glory in themselves because God gave them to those fishermen and they received them and they could not glory as if they went out and did anything. I love what God did in that story. He showed them it's not you. It's not what you're, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. And uh, every day, the, the manna was there every day. Who put the manna on the ground? It was God. Who gave them strength to live? Who gave, it is, it is God that does that. Jesus said in John 15, in verse number four and five, Without me, ye can do nothing. I love that. It just puts all the responsibility for God uh, to uh, just be in joy in my life and yours. Uh, it puts it all on his shoulders, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Look at us, verse 6 and uh, chapter 15 of John, verse uh, 4, excuse me, 4 and 5. Abide in me. There's... That's like throwing your net over on the right side. Abide in me. Not, not too hard to do. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Jesus wants to carry us. By the way, I saw God carry Brother Fisher. I saw it. I watched it. It was amazing. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He, ab he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I can't, I can't do anything in the Christian life that, that God doesn't give me the ability to do. So it is God that does things in our life. It is God that makes the net empty or full. It is God that raises up people. It's God's work. Don't, don't ever get tired of knowing that God is at, at work in your life. Folks, God's at work in your life. Hey, boys and girls, God's at work in your life, not just your parents. God's at work in every little boy and every little girl in the world. He's, he's at work in every child. He's at work in the infants' lives. He's at work with, uh, in the lives of grandmas and grandpas. He, he's at work. God can, God can do it. He's, he's holding us up. He's carrying us. It's so important for us to know that. You know, when I, when I met with Pastor Fisher, I got to talk with him a little bit, and uh, we just reminisced. And I got to tell you, I, just to be honest, I was really worried. I really was worried for his life because I knew that he was in danger. And uh, his life was in danger. I, I just, you can't have all that going on in your heart and two uh, veins blocked and, and have not a danger just up ahead. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. 
but I know he was in danger. He told me that he actually got used to just being run down and tired. He just functioned that way. But I'm so glad to hear how it went, watch God work. And just a modern-day miracle. He got the best doctor, and, and now uh, I think he's well on the way to recovery. I think that's a blessing. I think that's the Lord holding him up. And I've seen that in some of your lives, too. I've seen God actually carry you. And God's carrying us. So enjoy that. Enjoy that. Um, look at uh, Philippians chapter 4. You know, we, we tend to put too much uh, credit on ourselves when all our job really was was just to throw the net in the right direction. <laughs> Isn't that great? Now, he, he does require something, right? He requires faith. He requires obedience. But he never makes it too hard for us. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 7. And in verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall what? Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. How do you keep it together? <laughs> you, you really don't. You, if, by the way, you don't have to find yourself because if you do, you're not going to like what you find. You got to find him and let him take care of you. Let him tr trust him. And listen, it is true. Do you see then? There is a tiny little responsibility that, that those apostles had, right? What was it? They had to just do something simple. Take the net. It was empty. It's not full of fish. It's not a great big job to pull in that net. It was empty. Pull up the net. Throw it on the other side. And obey God. All of a sudden, whoom, they're full of fish. I, I think that peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's just for you and me as Christians to just stay close to God. Stay close to Him. Trust Him. Um, now, last scripture. I want you to see this. We, we are we being held up and carried by God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. You know, I, uh, I, can't, <clears throat> I, can't, I can't begin to tell you how discouraged I was when I thought our country, uh, I am a patriot, I was in the Navy, I still love our country, all that, you know, I, I, I really do care. But I, I was a little discouraged there when uh, the, the last election was stolen, and I do believe it was cheatfully and harmfully ripped off. I don't, I don't believe it was close at all. I personally don't believe, I believe they messed with the machines and jockeyed the numbers. I believe it was just a total ripoff. And I don't care what CNN or ABC or CBS or NBC or MSNBC or XYZ, I don't care what any of those people say. They're just a bunch of millionaire gossipers anyway. That's all, that's just a big gossip machine. Sources say, yeah, well, I got something this source says. Yes. But uh, I, I was really, 
I thought, I gotta overcome this. I feel like I got punched in the stomach. But I got over it. You know why? Because I'm not in control. You, we're not in control. God is. Amen. And trust Him. Look at 1 Peter 1 and verse number 1. Here we go. 1 through 5, we're going to be finishing up. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which, hath, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now remember, who was on the boat? Who was on the boat fishing? He uh, wasn't dressed properly? Peter. Peter. Who's writing this? How long after that? Uh, this is Peter's epistle, first one. You understand? This is after he had the experience of the fish in the net. That's why he's talking like this. He was encouraged. Look at verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you now here's verse 5 and we're going to finish with this please personify this with yourself who are kept who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed uh, at the, in the last time now who's, who's holding you up it is God who made your net empty God did. Who's going to fill your net? So you might have had your net full. Who then you, you might be ready for another empty one. I don't know. It's not the empty nest syndrome. It's the empty net syndrome. It's the empty net. It's okay to have an empty net. We don't like that. I don't want my net empty. Well, you got to have an empty net sometimes to find out how wonderful it is when the net gets filled. Because yes. it's God that does both. Today, I want you to know that no matter what happens in this world, in this state, in this county, I don't care. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. God is carrying us. And he, and he does a good job of it. He's already on the shore. The fire's already burning. He's already eating. He'd like you to come and dine with him. So just bring your net. Bring your net. Let's bow for prayer.